Podcast Network. In the 1960s, where rioting was virtually a norm and freedom fighters were asking, who do you turn to when a cop hits you? They weren't thinking about where you turn when an elected official sticks his finger in a voter's chest and shouts, I don't work for you. It's clear we can't count on our elected officials to stand up for what's right. The law, truth, justice. Actually, we do have one ally. He's with you now. He's Dan Newman. Honored to be with you every Monday through Friday from 9 to 11 a.m. live. That's Central Time. And then, of course, our podcasts go pretty much everywhere, wherever you can get your podcast, like Apple, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Google, Stitcher, Facebook. And now you can get it on True Social, Donald Trump's new app. Yep, our stories are turned into podcasts, and they go up live there shortly after our show ends every day. So you never have to miss anything here. A lot of times, I understand it, we're all busy. you got a busy schedule. You don't have time to sit for two hours, Monday through Friday. You just don't have it. But what you can do always is go grab a piece of a show here and there and stay caught up. That's what we want you to do, and you're doing it in the tens of thousands And I want to say thank you very much for being part of what we're doing here. Speaking of being part of what we're doing here, we have today a blockbuster story. I got to be completely honest with you. I knew there was a lot of things going on behind the scenes throughout our COVID-19 pandemic. A lot of misinformation, a lot of untruthful things that we were told over and over and over again by Dr. Anthony Fauci and a lot of other medical professionals and medical bureaucrats. But I didn't think it's as bad as it is. I never thought it would be this way. You know, I had questions all along. Remember when the vaccination thing began? And we were told from the very beginning, by Fauci, I mean, even before we even had a vaccine, didn't know for sure when we would have one or two, yet alone three, And he began to tell us, prepare us, oh my gosh, when these things come out, they're going to be the panacea for everything to do with this flu and everything that comes forward in the future. We are going to be totally healthy and we're going to be virus free. That's what he told us. And then when they begin to come out, here it is, folks, it's here. Pfizer, the first one to come out with their BioNTech vaccine you got to go get it. You got to go get it. People stood in line. They drove and waited and waited and waited, anxiously awaiting for their number or names to be called so they could get that BioNTech vaccination. But you know what? We caught very early on in all this. All three, Johnson & Johnson, Moderna, and Pfizer, BioNTech. None of their vaccines to this day to this day, are fully approved by the FDA. They remain in EUA status. What is that? Emergency use authorization only. And when we noticed that was happening, and then we noticed when the FDA put out their directive one day and they gladly announced Pfizer's vaccine for COVID-19, fully approved by the FDA. But they lied to us. They never told us that Pfizer had another COVID-19 vaccine under development 
Comardity is the name of it. The FDA fully approved Comardity. But you know what else they didn't tell us? You couldn't get that vaccine in the United States of America. If you got a Pfizer vaccine, it was only going to be the BioNTech vaccine. And guess what? Today, in the U.S., you can't go to your doctor, you can't go to your CVS or Walgreens and request the comartity Pfizer vaccine. They're not for sale in the U.S. When all of this began to come together, it just seemed like something stunk. The pieces didn't fit. The information didn't fit. And we knew, felt in our spirits, there was something really sinister going on behind the scenes. And we began to dig. We began to watch. I began to ask questions. I called some of the greatest professionals you've heard on this show, Dr. Peter McCullough, Judy Mikovits, Fauci's former partner throughout the AIDS epidemic in the 90s, and began to ask them. They told us they were having the same questions that we were having. And then after it all kind of settled, you know, our pandemic quote-unquote ended. I don't think it ever will end totally, but nevertheless, it toned way, way, way down. And we had been waiting for two years for Pfizer and Moderna and Johnson and Johnson to release all of their laboratory testing results so we could see what they came up with to justify these three vaccinations. Hundreds of millions of those vaccines were stuck in the arms of Americans and others around the world. And this was way before we knew the results of the laboratory testing. Pfizer was the first. And then the FDA, they wouldn't reply when they were going to push Pfizer to release their laboratory testing results. And so the FDA got sued. Pfizer got sued. And then we were told, well, I'm not going to even get into the details of it because it's part of our story today. I waited a little bit here because it's important to me that everybody that has already heard about this story is online today to hear what we talk about. Whatever happened to Pfizer's court-ordered release of BioNTech COVID-19 vaccination trial data. Yep, some folks went to court. Guess what? There is a cover-up. Millions of Americans were assured by Dr. Anthony Fauci, even Bill Gates, Hollywood stars, just about every other famous person that the Pfizer Moderna and Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccinations were not only safe, but also necessary to prevent the extermination of the human race. We were going to die, all of us. I know, I know, that may be an extreme exaggeration, but by the end of your stay here with us today, you're going to understand that what we were drawn into may be the greatest medical fraud in the history of Earth. 
Did you hear that? I really said that. What we are discussing today may end up being the greatest medical fraud in the history of Earth. Let's dig right in. Most Americans wanted to wait to be vaccinated until the normal clinical trials were completed with results that proved the efficacy of the three vaccines as well as their individual safety for us all. But Fauci, Dr. Fauci, led a group of bureaucratic medical sycophants that linked themselves to the power junkies in our government and sold most Americans this falsehood. And I'm going to paraphrase what they told us, but just listen, and you tell me if I'm wrong. Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson have established these vaccines are safe and are effective. And of course, the FDA signed off on that too. While clinical trials continue, it's imperative that Americans take the vaccinations, not just for their own protection, but for the prevention of the spreading of COVID-19 to others. Waiting for vaccinations will surely cause unimaginable death and massive health care and social issues never before seen in the United States. So what did Americans do? I'm in. Show me where to go get my jab. Pfizer was the first medical giant who jumped into the vaccine roller coaster. We were given assurances of the safety of their BioNTech mRNA experimental vaccine. Millions, tens of millions received the jab. Shortly behind came Moderna and then Johnson & Johnson. Each had its differences, but they each possess everything needed to protect us from COVID-19, serious illness, and even death at the hands of the 21st century scourge. And we trusted, Americans trusted what we were told. Two years down the road, things in COVID world come significantly. It was logical for all three big pharma companies to show Americans the results of their clinical trials that justified the hurried mass vaccinations. Americans asked for those studies and we waited for those studies. And we waited, and we asked, and we waited. Finally, the FDA and a judge weighed in on the matter, and all hell broke loose. It took a legal group from Ireland. Can you believe that? We're in the United States of America. We couldn't get any information on it. And finally, a legal group from Ireland opened the floodgate of documents that the FDA informed a judge would take 75 years to fully release. That didn't go well with the judge, and he ordered a full release of all documents. And let me give you the actual verbiage. Quote, A court-ordered release of documents filed by Pfizer with the FDA further to the granting of the conditional use authorization and thereafter has resulted in the release of documents on a phased basis from February 2022, with 10,000 documents released in March 2022, 10,000 in April, 80,000 apiece in May, June, and July, and 55,000 pages after that 
until all of their documents have been released. Approximately 400,000 pages of documents are going to be released before this is all over. The freedom of information request was made by, quote, public health and medical professionals for transparency in America. The group is comprised of medical and public health professionals and scientists from Harvard, Yale, and other institutions. This freedom of information request was first made back in August, a year ago, August 2021. The group looked for 400,000 documents approximately pertaining to the emergency use authorization approval given to Pfizer for their vaccines, the request covering safety and effectiveness, adverse events reports, and significantly, a list of the vaccine's ingredients, active and inactive. The FDA ignored the request, the Freedom of Information request, leading to the court application. The judge ordered the FDA to release the documents. It was subsequently submitted by the FDA that this could only be done at a rate of 500 pages a month on the basis of a really large amount of relevant documentation involved and the redactions that were required. Redactions. Hiding of things. Effectively, this would have taken a little more time. 75 years in order to release all the relevant data. The fact that the FDA was not willing to release this documentation without a court order, regardless of the public interest issues involved, and the fact they then proposed to release court-ordered information over a period of 75 years, raised an immediate red flag everywhere. The released documents to date are heavily redacted. That is another red flag, what's being hidden. The COVID-19 vaccines used a kind of technology never before administered to a human population on a mass scale and were rushed out under that EUA, Emergency Use Authorization. The vaccines are still in trial. Did you get that? Did you get that? The vaccines are still in trial. They haven't been fully approved by the FDA. Monitoring of adverse events, full disclosure to the public, to the public including both health professionals and vaccine recipients, that's an essential precondition for use of these vaccines on the public. In any event, U.S. Judge Mark Pittman rejected the FDA proposal ordered the release of documents as outlined above. There are approximately eight more months of document dumps pending. A smaller cache of the Pfizer documents was released by the FDA in November and December last year and January of this year. There's much discussion in Internet-based independent media just now about the Pfizer study within the released documents so far, covering the period from December 1, 2021 to the February 28, 2022, as to adverse events reported to the pharmaceutical company. In fact, this document was released in a tranche before Christmas, and the takeouts from the report are being clarified essentially at this stage. The study reveals reported adverse events involving 
1,223 vaccine-related deaths. A subset of 158,893 vaccine injuries reported in this period. These adverse events relate to a caseload of 42,086 reports to Pfizer, revealing a death rate of 1 in 35 in the group reporting the adverse events. An issue with the data released is that it does not reveal the total number of vaccinations given. Did you get that? A caseload of 42,086 reports made to Pfizer. A death rate of 1 in 35 in the group reporting the adverse events. An issue with the data released is that it doesn't reveal the total number of vaccinations given. Why the heck would they leave that out? You know why. To hide the numbers. It's impossible to establish exactly the overall rate of serious injury and death in the total population vaccinated without knowing how many people were vaccinated. A death rate, however, of 3% overall has been calculated. How'd they do it? Extrapolating out from these numbers and giving a generous margin of error in Pfizer's favor. Our readers are going to be aware of the survival rate from COVID-19 infections. Now, did you hear the first number I gave you out of this treasure trove of data? 1,223 vaccine-related deaths. What does that number represent? 1,223 vaccine deaths. What that means, and we're just getting started, 1,223 people died. 1,223 people died during the first 28 days of vaccinations in this trial. Get set to have your head explode with the revelations you're about to hear. What so-called medical professionals with the cover of medical bureaucrats and politicians hid from Americans and the dangers that were and are purposely being withheld. Rather than go through a long script of a conversation, I'm going to let you listen to Dr. Naomi Wolf. She is totally in the analyzation of all these documents as they are released. And this latest dump happened at the end of last week. Listen closely to Dr. Naomi Wolf. Basically, this report written by a a female physician uh, analyzing the documents shows that pregnant women were excluded from the trials before they concluded it was safe and effective. They concluded it was safe and effective based on mice and the autopsies of mice fetuses, and that horrifically, uh, the Department of Defense data shows that female soldiers' pregnancies are experiencing an absolutely catastrophic rate of abnormalities and fetal problems. So it's so important, I'm just gonna read it, it's super fast. Um, 
She says, to date, there have not been any human clinical trials. This is really real, what you're hearing. Conducted by a COVID-19 vaccine pharmaceutical company to determine if vaccines are safe during pregnancy or while breastfeeding. All emergency use authorizations exclude pregnant women and no COVID-19 vaccine has been approved for use during pregnancy. Astonishingly, however, she says, many professional organizations have strongly advocated despite that pregnant women get this vaccine, despite any lack of safety data. Um, and what she points out is thanks to the court ordered release of the confidential Pfizer documents, which the FDA wanted sealed for 75 years, we have learned that pregnant women and breastfeeding mothers were excluded from phase one, two, and three of the human trials. One recently released Pfizer document lists 21 groups of people who were excluded from all phases of the Pfizer trials and specifically singles out, quote, women who are pregnant and breastfeeding as not able to participate in any of the trials. And she gives the citation. Despite this, the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, the Society for Maternal Fetal Medicine, all of these uh, obstetrics and gynecological organizations were strong advocates for vaccinating pregnant and lactating women, um, and even though none were approved. How, she asks, could they possibly be promoting an experimental untested vaccine for pregnant women? As, as it turns out, their clinical recommendations are based on a faulty study conducted on a few dozen rats in France. Before any research trials can be performed on human pregnant women, a new drug must first be tested on pregnant animals. These are called developmental and reproductive toxicity or DART studies. They state that the DART studies for the Pfizer BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine have been reported in Europe. And according to these animal studies, they don't indicate direct or indirect harmful effects with respect to pregnancy, embryo, fetal development, or postnatal development. However, what was that based on? Given the extreme importance, one would expect this study to be conducted by independent researchers using a robust design. But she reviewed the study and she, she writes, this is a doctor. She writes, it is astounding to discover that it was performed in a mere 44 rats and for a length of only 42 days. Then she gives the citation. To their credit, it turns out that rats are the perfect mammal to do pregnancy studies on because they only need 21 days conception from conception to delivery. So in the study, half of the rat pregnancies were terminated at day 21 by C-section and the fetuses were removed from the mother and studied. The other half were, deter were allowed to give birth. And then they terminated the study. That's it. And she points out this is long before any developmental issues could have been observed in the offspring and precludes any long-term safety or fertility studies. Um, this 42-day study on 44 pregnant rats led them to conclude that there were, quote, no effects on female fertility. Um, but she points out there were two glaring problems with the study. It does not require the fulfillment, the requirements of the DART study to make sure that that, that they are okay into the next generation. So there's no way to know if there were adverse effects on rats. And the other huge glaring study is a disclaimer that I sent to your producer, which should shock you. She says there's no way these investigators could be unbiased. Why? They were employed by and held stock in either Pfizer or BioNTech. I'm gonna say this again. The doctors who concluded based on 44 French rats that the the vaccine was safe for pregnant women 
were employed by Pfizer or owned BioNTech and Pfizer stock. They tried to hide this by using only initials instead of full names. In spite of that, pregnant women were encouraged to get vaccinated. So looking at the actual VAERS uh, adverse event reports, what you see is that this had horrific outcomes. This section covering pregnancy and lactation on pages 12 to 13 reveals that only that 20% of the 413 reported cases of adverse events for pregnant women were, quote, serious. These include 25 miscarriages, five fetal deaths, as well as uterine contractions during pregnancy, preterm deliveries, premature rupture of membranes and fetal growth restriction, meaning the babies could not develop fully. Also included were serious and less serious adverse side effects of breastfed babies that included infantile vomiting, fever, rash, agitation, and allergy to the vaccine. Six women having adverse events while, who got the vaccine while breastfeeding included partial paralysis, suppressed lactation, breast pain, migraines, and breast milk discoloration. And Pfizer's response to the above alarming data in the secret documents was, there were no safety signals that emerged from the review of these cases of use in pregnancy and while breastfeeding. The last thing I'm gonna say in this shocking, shocking report is that this doctor also looked right there at the Department of Defense data, which has been exposed by three whistleblowers represented by attorney, attorney Tom Rents. And what they're showing, again, I keep raising the question of, is this a national security breach? Is this, is this a national security breach? Because we don't know the level of micrograms that were given to female pregnant soldiers in our military or to any of the soldiers in our military or sailors or Air Force members. And that we've shown makes a difference because when you get up to 100 micrograms, people get very, very sick. So in this database, uh, they observed disturbing evidence of dramatic increases in serious medical conditions among military personnel in 2021. Um, and among these are congenital malformations of fetuses. The rise in congenital malformations increased dramatically from a baseline rate of 10,906 cases per year to in 2021 when female soldiers were being and sailors and pilots were being forced to take this experimental vaccine it rose to 18,951 congenital malformations for even part of the year of 2021 for part of the year of 2021 it nearly doubled the fetuses of our brave women, soldiers, sailors, Air Force members who were pregnant, who submitted to what our president said they had to do as the commander in chief took this experimental vaccine, their babies suffered. Their babies suffered. And this is a criminal attack on our military, on, our, on the brave women and men in our military. The NIH concludes um, that it's safe and effective in spite of these numbers for pregnant women. And she makes a final point that all of the spokes models use the phrase, the data suggest it's safe and effective. And she points out that the word suggest is one of those weasel words that really represents the lowest level of certainty, quote unquote, expert opinion. She concludes the evidence is clear that the potential risks of pregnant women getting vaccinated with the new mRNA COVID-19 vaccines, the the far outweigh the benefits. And, uh, you know, this is this is honestly one of the worst things I've ever, ever seen in my 
35 years as a reporter. This is an attack on American women. It's an attack on pregnant women, intentionally or not intentionally. The fact that Pfizer saw these data, the American gynecologists and obstetrics organizations knew of this data, the FDA knew of this data, that, oh, 44 French rats were, were autopsied and their fetuses are fine, so go ahead and get injected, pregnant woman who trusts me. Um, this is a crime that every single mother, grandmother, husband, uh, you know, who cares about women of childbearing age should should be horrified and appalled by it. It is a, a major criminal act. And, and, and I really have to ask, knowing about this data and letting female soldiers take this vaccine and jeopardize the health and offspring of their children, which is going to tie up our, you know, hamper our our fighting capacity, right? If you're dealing with a, an, a, an injured, a congenitally abnormal baby and child, what is that going to do to our military preparedness? These are massive crimes. So, let me ask you this question. What is all of what you just heard? What does it mean to each of us? Let me answer. It means our federal government and our medical bureaucracy together have perpetrated something on the American people that is yet unclear. But we know, we know now, it is serious. And we know now it is evil. We obviously have numerous questions that beg for some answers. And here are just a couple of them. Why hasn't the legacy slash mainstream media reported on this to the American people? Answer, there has been some reporting, but there have been no, zero, nada, in-depth reports given by any of the television broadcast networks, that's ABC, CBS, or NBC News, or even the cable news channels, Fox, CNN, MSNBC, Newsmax, or One America Network. The why question still got to be answered. It probably is deeply embedded in the obligation of each of these networks to our federal government. Remember, don't forget now, throughout our COVID-19 pandemic and even before, our government ran the entire response to COVID-19. That means they controlled all of the information. The media were each obliged to carry the news given to them by our government as factual For that matter, they are still somewhat in a position of obligation to the government. But any good investigative network certainly has the same access to the same Pfizer data as we do if our conclusions were conspiracy theories. Even Fox News and other cable networks would have certainly addressed that, don't you think? Here's another question. Based on the information contained in the hundreds of thousands of pages already released by Pfizer this year, it appears there must be a sinister purpose for every part of COVID-19, the vaccines, their rollout, and the tight hold by the government and big pharma on all, all, all information pertaining to the disease and its treatments and, of course, its adverse effects. Is it possible that our government intentionally purposed 
these serious medical issues and even deaths for some reason? You want the answer? I got to stop right there. We at Truth News Network have opinions on this subject, just as do you. But it's too early to turn opinions into facts on this matter. I will say this. I don't see a single legitimate purpose for the way this process has played out that could possibly be good for Americans in our country. That also applies, by the way, to citizens of every other country on earth. I encourage you all to investigate, to read, dig into the Pfizer documents that have heretofore been released. They're available online. Know that they are full of trial data that will be hard for a novice to follow. That's expected. It's not unusual in cases like this. But I encourage you to note all of your questions and prepare them. Write them down in a concise and orderly fashion. That includes the page number or numbers for anyone who answers your questions so that they can look back and reference it. Also, ask your doctor for an opinion on all this. I already have for my doctor, and I'll save his synopsis for later as he has much left for verification himself. One thing on which we all can agree, our government, our medical bureaucrats have been dishonest at best throughout this entire COVID debacle. The loss of trust from the American people for the heretofore heroes of our society, our healthcare professionals, is definitely warranted. What's left, what remains, are the answers that we all want. We will get there. Eventually, we will get there to the answers. Just know this. In the interim, there will be casualties. There have been casualties. There will be more casualties. But let's not let the fear of the unknown destroy our lives. Know this. There's plenty more to come. Plenty more to come. But I got to be honest with you, if if no more comes out than what we have just brought to you today, they killed people. They told us, you heard it, the FDA, they trumpeted it, the White House, Dr. Anthony Fauci, pregnant women, it's safe, it's effective, it's going to take care of you, no danger. They had not laboratory tested that on any human's at all, only on rats. What in the world is going on with our government? What are they doing letting Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson to subject our population to become guinea pigs on which they have performed laboratory tests. Don't diminish what I just said. That is exactly what they have done. 
if you just joined us for the show, we just brought this report to you. It is, in total, the front page story of Truth News Network, truthnewsnet.org today. You can go get it, and it also includes there a link to Dr. Naomi Wolf and her report that you just heard her give herself. You can get it all. Feel free. Pass it around. Talk to other people. Get it out there, folks. The more people who know it, the more people who look into it, the more people that find out what you suspected was, in large part, actually factual. When you ask questions through this whole thing, just as we did, your questioning, your spirit, whatever it was that just told you this doesn't seem right, you were correct to listen to that because it's not right. Our government, the medical bureaucratic part of our government, is as corrupt as is that under any other government in any other country on this planet. And that should make every American wake up and start asking questions. Hi, this is Jack, founder of Jack in the Box. Is the caller there? Mr. Box, Douglas Gopperts from Burger Week magazine. Oh, hey, Doug. Doug's a respected fast food critic. I recently dined on your sourdough Jack combo. And? Perfection. The cheese, the jumbo patty, the golden sourdough bread, the french fries. Bravo. Well, thank you. However, I found the dessert a bit dry. It doesn't come with dessert. The candy, the white round candy with the happy face. Was it wearing a scarf? Yes, I believe it was. Rosy cheeks? Fuzzy earmuffs? Yes, that's it. Douglas, you ate a holiday ball. (gasps) We're giving one away free to customers who buy a sourdough jack combo. But they're not for dessert. They're for antennas. Or a pencil. Right. Well, that's going to improve your score dramatically. Excellent. Here's good news. Even with high unemployment, there's still a need for hundreds of thousands of cybersecurity professionals in the U.S. right now. And My Computer Career is training people to help meet the demand. No IT experience? No problem. Take the free career evaluation today at mycomputercareer.edu. Start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Grants covering up to 53% of the cost are available to those who qualify. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. So it's this beautiful summer day, and while most guys would say, let's go to the beach, Donnie says, Hey, let's go to Pilgrim Furniture in Mattress City. They're having a warehouse sale. I say, are you serious? He says, Your place needs furniture, and at this sale, you can get beautiful stuff and save 50, 60, even 80%. So we go to the Pilgrim Warehouse sale. I buy a sofa, a love seat, and this really cute dinette set. But the big thing is, we pick it out together, Donnie and me. Maybe this relationship is going somewhere. The Warehouse Sale at Pilgrim Furniture in Mattress City. Get not only the news, but the truth in the news. From TNN, the Truth News Network. Dan Newman. You know, sometimes we really don't want to hear the truth. We know we need it. We know we're always better off if we get the facts. But sometimes you just sense there's something there that is going to be ugly when it comes out. This is one of those times, folks, and it has to do with our life, our health care, our kids, our husbands, our wives, our moms and dads. Can you just think for a moment at all of the people, every one of them, that just benignly agreed 
The government says we need to do this. That means it's safe. It's okay. And as Dr. Fauci told us all along, it's your responsibility to be vaccinated, not just for you to keep you from getting sick, but you're a super spreader. If you've been infected, you're going to give it to other people around us, people that are have uh, autoimmune issues. Their bodies don't have the strength to ward off COVID-19 that your body may have. Take this vaccination. Do it for the common good. Tens of millions of Americans listened and responded. We don't yet know how bad it is. And I'll just say this, over the next five years, every few months, we're going to hear something brand new that tells us we didn't know it all. And we're going to have tons of these OMG moments where we go, oh my goodness, I can't believe they didn't tell us these things. There are people, listen to what I'm about to say. There are women in the United States today that have been made sterile by vaccines. And they discovered this during those clinical trials. Young people that'll never be the same medically. They won't be able to reproduce. I'm talking about men and women. That's why, and it's been bubbling behind or under the the covers through this entire pandemic when things started beginning to creep out into the marketplace of ideas, principally through the VAERS reports that we brought to you every Friday during the entire last calendar year that chronicled exactly how horrible a lot of people were reacting to these vaccines, everything from permanent disability to death. It just didn't seem right. We'd never seen anything like this in medicine in the United States ever. But yet it was our government that was pushing and pushing and pushing. And Dr. Anthony Fauci up there, not only telling us how safe we were because we listened to him. Remember, he told us, he said, quote, I am science. Talking about himself, which meant everything he said was scientific. It was justifiable. It was the way it is. The science said that, and we should never question Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci is up to his eyeballs in all of this. And you know the worst thing? Maybe not the worst thing, but one of the most critical pieces of this, the one that made my hair stand on end, and I don't have any hair, when I first realized what was going on, all three of those vaccines are still today in emergency use authorization only. Now, what does that mean? Listen to this. In a normal situation like this, the lawsuits would already be flying. There would be tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of lawsuits against Pfizer, against Moderna, against Johnson & Johnson. But you can't file a suit. You may be permanently disabled from a vaccination. You may have lost your job. There are people that have lost limbs, that have lost organs because they listened and took these vaccinations. They have no recourse against any of these, Pfizer, Moderna, or Johnson & Johnson. You know why? 
the FDA purposely kept them in emergency use authorization only. When they're in that status, you can't sue Pfizer. You can't sue Moderna. You can't sue Johnson & Johnson for the adverse effects or reactions that you or anybody else have experienced because of their negligence in rushing these vaccines through what they call clinical trials, but they were anything but real trials. They were just something that they had to do to get the government to let them get those to the marketplace. You're stuck. If you had an adverse reaction, and we could give you case after case after case, they're all over the internet. You can hear reports You can read these reports. You can hear people talking about the most horrible experiences. Loved ones that died, never been sick a day in their life. Young people, permanently disabled. And there's nothing they can do because our government kept, protected Big Pharma, Pfizer, Moderna, and J&J. They're indemnified. If you have a problem and you want to sue somebody, you have one source only to sue, the federal government. And I promise you this, they got way more money than I got and you got than we have. And way, 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 way more power. We're toast. We have no recourse. Please share this story with others today. Tell them about the show Tell them about the article at truthnewsnet.org. Make sure that everybody you know, even somebody that maybe got the shot and you just want them to know what's out there just in case they have issues. Truth is absolute. It lives in a vacuum. It cannot be manipulated. People try it. They have forever and always will. But they can't change the facts. The facts are just that, factual. Everybody needs to know about it. And if you're one of those fortunate ones that chose not to be vaccinated, and maybe you paid a big price, maybe you lost your job, maybe you lost members of your family, i I got to be honest with you. We have a... Um, not immediate family member, but second level family member that is a doctor that worked and still does hand in hand with Dr. Anthony Fauci. I haven't talked to that person since this whole pandemic thing started, but as all this evidence comes out, facts come out, I can only imagine the angst that that person is going through and will go through probably forever because they played a role in all this innocently because they were manipulated just like the entire nation. And most of the people on the planet were manipulated by medical bureaucrats who were the quote-unquote experts that had all the power. How'd they get it? We ceded it to them. We just basically said, hey, here, you're a doctor. We trust you. You exist totally to take care of us and make sure we know everything we need to know to keep from getting sick and certainly let something kill us just because we don't know about it. We trust you. Oh my gosh. 
I think you can tell I'm a little upset about this just because I know people who have been caught in this and are paying a price now. Some have paid a price, uh, the ultimate price, given their lives, had their lives taken when they thought they were doing the right thing. We may never know all of the fallout of this, but I heard somebody point me in a direction a year ago, a year plus ago, and it had to do with Bill Gates. You know, we we investigated here, Bill Gates and the Gates Foundation, Bill and Melinda Gates, who have divorced or they're in divorce proceedings now, they, uh, they've been with their big dollars in healthcare for decades and principally in the vaccination world. And as I began to look into the Gates Foundation and what they had done, I mean, it sure sounded like they were doing really good work. They were funding medical research and trials, clinical trials for vaccinations. And then I found out they were doing these clinical trials in third world nations. Why do you think that is? Because they were including people in the clinical trials that would not have the wherewithal if something bad happened to do anything or take any action against the Gates family and the foundation. And of course, they wouldn't have the money to do it. Plus, any of the bad stuff that happened was happening in a third world country overseas. And Bill Gates, there was never going to be any negative stuff about him in the media here about any of it. They did clinical trials on girls in India, little girls in India, about ovarian cancer vaccinations. And the Indian government kicked the Gate Foundation out of their nation because kids were dying. They moved those trials to New Zealand. The same thing happened there. The New Zealand government kicked them out. Africa, the same type of things were happening. Bill Gates comes from a family of eugenicists. Do you know what that is? The founder of Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger, was a eugenicist. Believed in eugenics. Eugenics is controlling, population control, controlling all of the population that are allowed to live And that's based upon which segments of the population are worthy to live, continue to live, or the ones that are going to be good for the people if they live. But here comes the big shoe that drops. A lot of people are deemed to be unworthy and therefore need to be eliminated. That sounds horrible, but our history in the world is full of instances just like this that happened. How can you explain World War II and six million Jews being exterminated? Why were they exterminated? Because somebody at the top in government felt like the Jewish race is unworthy to breathe oxygen. Adolf Hitler began to kill them. And he tried desperately to wipe out the entire Jewish race. Dictators in Russia, Mao Zedong in China, reportedly exterminated 
100 million Chinese people that weren't worthy to live. Every country, every continent has had this same thing happen. Now, does that mean the Gates family, are they evil? Are they exterminationist? I don't know. Bill Gates' father and his grandfather were both eugenics. And Gates himself has had and given speeches about it. Find out for yourself. Google it. Bill Gates and eugenics. E-U-G-E-N-I-C-S. You'll see what comes up there. Let's change the topic. Let's get on something else. We got a lot of things to talk about. Not very much of it is really good either. It has a lot to do with bad stuff that's happening. Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul from Louisville. He is on Biden's disinformation governance board. This is this is just taking on a life of its own and it's not just Republicans in Congress. Congressman Mike Johnson was here last week. You probably heard him. If you didn't, you heard the interview later. We talked about that. He talked about it. And he said they drafted, he drafted legislation, and it was introduced last week to cut funding from Biden's Disinformation Governance Board. They got to find a way to shut it down. Rand Paul yesterday was on Fox News Channel's Jesse's Waters Primetime, and he and Jesse, they got together and they talked about this exact thing. We're going to shut it down. I'm busily getting signatures from other senators. There is a way that we can get it onto the calendar, and there's perhaps a way we could actually get a vote. It's not very easy when the Democrats control things, but I'm going to do everything I possibly can to get a vote to defund this organization. Boy, is it any? Is it not with amazement you see how far that they've come from Kennedy's Democrat Party? <laughs> this is not your grandfather's Democrat Party anymore. So much for the marketplace of ideas. They have decided that they're going to determine what disinformation is. But my point to Mayorkas was this. We had a $32 million Mueller investigation to see if there was collusion between Russia and Trump. There wasn't any. And yet the steel dossier upon which they based this all on which was given to steel by russians it was russian disinformation if they can't admit that that's disinformation it was propagated by cnn for years and years if they can't admit that how could they possibly do the job of policing disinformation now i don't think it's a job that you could possibly do so even if you could and they admitted that it was disinformation I'd be against policing CNN. People can turn the channel when they see that CNN doesn't care about the truth. But I would not police CNN. I'm against policing any news organization. The public can figure this out. Yeah, and they are turning the channel because no one's watching. Their ratings are atrocious. This free speech thing. This free speech thing. First Amendment protection. You may not like what somebody says. i got to be honest with you. I hear it all the time. I watch news. Um, I'm one of those people I like to... Find out what the other folks that think differently from me, what they're talking about. I'll flip over and watch a little bit of CNN, MSNBC. I can only take it in small doses, either one of them. You know exactly what I'm talking about. But nevertheless, I don't want to shut them down. I want them to do what they're doing. And I have a lot of confidence, and I believe strongly, that most Americans are cognizant of reality that have the ability to reason through and when they're presented with things that 
don't smell right, they'll do the dirty work and find out exactly what's there. Find the facts. Rent Paul and Jesse Waters weren't done yet. They fast-forwarded to Mr. Disinformation, the COVID god, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Anthony Fauci, I don't know if you saw this, he was invited to lecture graduates about the dangers of untruths at the University of Michigan this weekend. Listen to what he said. As you graduate and take the place in the wider world that will be yours to shape, do not shrug your shoulders and accept the normalization of untruths. Because if you do, lies become dominant and reality is distorted. Wouldn't you just be so jubilant, tossing your little cap up in the air after listening to that guy, Senator? <laughs> well, but here's the interesting thing. It's the same argument as the disinformation board. We have to decide what is true and what is not true. So, for example, I think that Dr. Fauci has promulgated untruth. He has normalized untruth. Number one, he has said that COVID treats every age the same and the treatment should be the same, whether you're 10 years old or 80 year old. Everybody should get vaccinated 14 times. He's also said that masks work everywhere and they don't really work in public. But he's also gone one step further and he says another untruth, which is that booster vaccines should be given, given to adolescents. There's now a significant amount of scientific data and studies, including large multi-million person studies, showing that you have an increased risk for an inflammation of the heart the more vaccines you give young people. We combine that with the fact that 75% of young people have already been infected. He discounts this completely and says, oh, you should never even be tested to see if you've had COVID. Well, I think that would be the logical thing you would do. So the biggest purveyor, I think, of untruths right now in public health is Dr. Fauci. So when someone says we're going to stop disinformation, well, they can't even agree to what the truth is. That's why we have a debate, a robust debate, scientists debate, journalists debate, politicians debate. We arrive at the truth through disputation. Anybody who says we can do it by edict is somebody completely unaware of the idea and the concept of freedom of speech. Did you see the other shot of Dr. Fauci with no mask on next to no mask Don Lemon? <laughs> he said, don't go to the correspondence dinner, but he went to the pregame yeah. and partied with all these guys in close quarters with no mask. Your reaction? <laughs> this is where they lost the public. The, all of the hypocrisy, all of the, you know, Governor Newsom showing up at the fancy French laundry and all the fancy restaurants. They lost the public when they started not behaving the way they were telling us to behave. And all you have to do, and you want to see a vote, go to an airport. It is voluntary. You can wear a mask. You yep. know how many people are wearing a mask? 97% of people are not wearing masks because they believe that Fauci telling them to continue to wear a mask is not true, not valid, and it doesn't uh, fit their risk assessment. So when individuals are free, 97% of them reject what Fauci says. All right, maybe he was just holding his breath like the LA mayor when he was next to Lemon. Could be. Could all right, be. Dr. Rand Paul, Kentucky, thank you so much. Thank you. What all this is, is there are truths for them, and then there are truths for us. I think maybe these Professional bureaucrats are the ones that invented that that term that the woke crowd adopted and they called it their own. You can have your truth and I'll have my truth. Oh, I don't believe your truth. You may not believe my truth, so we'll just agree. Here's the deal. We'll just agree. You believe your truth 
and I'll believe my truth. There's no such thing. Truth is pure. It's exempt from any kind of interpretation. It doesn't matter what you think. Just because you think something's right doesn't mean it's right. And the converse of that is true just as well. Just because you think something's wrong doesn't mean it's wrong. We have a whole generation that has been indoctrinated into believing and trusting that truth is not absolute, that it can be manipulated, and you can make different determinations, and that's okay. It's not, folks. And we're in the middle of the decay of our nation because people like Dr. Anthony Fauci have normalized that. And you heard him just speak to a big crowd of graduates from a university, and they're all sitting there nodding their heads in agreement with Dr. Anthony Fauci. After all, he's the highest paid employee in the federal government. That means the guy's got to be right all the time. Guess what? He's not. More right after this. Don't go anywhere. We're not done. Real truth. Real news. TNN, the Truth News Network. Hi, welcome to the Subway ad for the $3.99 six inch sub of the day. How do you want it? Secret DJ set. At a retirement home? Weird. I like it. DJ sandwich in the house. What did he say? Italian BMT $3.99. I called the EMT. Turkey breast $3.99. How much? $3.99. $3.99. Bingo! Time of participating shops. Prices and subs included may vary. Additional charge for extras plus tax. No additional discounts or coupons applied. A divorce lawyer should be more than just a lawyer. Divorce is like no other experience, especially for guys. At Cordell and Cordell, our clients want a partner standing next to them, someone they can trust, someone who understands where they are and how to get them out. We are the attorneys of Cordell and Cordell. We are advisors and advocates for men before, during, and after divorce. We are Cordell and Cordell. A partner. Men can count. To schedule your appointment, give us a call or visit us online at CordellCordell.com. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. Nowadays, it's more important than ever to know the value of a dollar, or three, or four, or five, or even six. New Dunkin' Go-To's, now with brews. Tasty breakfast combos that give you more bang for your bucks. Get a wake-up wrap with sausage and a medium-hot coffee for $3. A bagel with cream cheese spread and a medium-hot coffee for $4. A bacon, egg, and cheese croissant with a medium-hot coffee for $5. Or a power breakfast sandwich and, you guessed it, a medium-hot coffee for $6. Dunkin' Go-To's, now with brews. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Exclusions apply. Limited time offer. Good song. I don't know who wrote this song, how they came up with it. The title is Rubber Band Man. <laughs> Spinners back in the 70s. Wow. Much more ahead today. We've got President Donald Trump. We have him uh, from his rally the other night. We have some words of wisdom from him. 
Also, we've got a bunch of other stuff that we got to wade into, disinformation, new information. And before we get away from that uh, ministry of truth that the Biden administration has formed uh, underneath Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, their disinformation czar, who are we talking about? Nina Jankovitz. Last fall, listen to this. Whenever you say something, uh, you give a speech, you do a radio broadcast, you're on television, it's in perpetuity out there. Everybody's going to be able to come back and hear and see exactly what you said. Well, last fall, guess what Ms. Jankovitz did? She referred to opponents of critical race theory. She called them disinformers. She accused them of peddling disinformation and doing so, she said, to stoke anger and make money off the uproar. Critical race theory, she said, has become one of those hot-button issues that the Republicans and other disinformers who are engaged in disinformation for profit, frankly, have seized on. At that time, she was a fellow at the Wilson Center, which is a think tank in Washington. But she said it's no different than any of the other hot-button issues that allow disinformation to flourish. It's weaponizing people's emotions. She was responding when she said that to a question about Republicans taking advantage of parental opposition to critical race theory, and she added that she lived in Loudoun County, Virginia, one of the areas where people have really honed in on this topic. Several parents have spoken up against critical race theory at Loudoun County school board meetings over the last couple of years. You've actually seen and heard some of the backlash that came from some of these school board meetings. This backlash against CRT in Loudoun and neighboring areas was widely seen as a major factor for Republican candidate Glenn Youngkin's surprise victory in the gubernatorial race in Virginia last year. Youngkin banned critical race theory in public school after he was elected. So Jankovitz was speaking at the City Club of Cleveland at an event titled Disinformation and Democracy, Civic Discourse in the Digital Age. When she gave that speech that came just one month after the National School Board Association sent a letter to President Biden asking his administration to investigate what they call threats against public school officials. In the letter, the National School Board Association specifically referenced parents who protested the teaching of critical race theory in the classroom, suggesting doing that should be classified as domestic terrorism. Can you believe I thought we had waded through all this and we'd got the truth out there and everybody had said, you know, we get it, we get it. But it's still living. <laughs> it's still out there. And as long as Nina Jankovic is in the, the epicenter of discussions on disinformation and the attack on free speech, which is exactly what they're doing, they are in an all-out assault against the First Amendment free speech. Just think about it. They're an open assault against the First Amendment, against the Second Amendment. <laughs> you name it, those Bill of Rights things, they don't like it either. The British didn't when they were pinned way back in the 1700s. And the Democrats can't stand it today. 
Wow. And speaking of craziness, despite unanimous efforts from the U.S. Senate concerned for the safety of our justices from the Supreme Court and in violation of existing laws, leftist protesters marched to the home of Justice Samuel Alito yesterday in an effort to intimidate him. It was organized by the activist group Shut Down D.C., The vigil for abortion rights was created in response to that leak of Alito's major major draft opinion for the case Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization. That, it looks like, ultimately will mean Roe v. Wade is going to be overturned. This, according to these protesters, could also be used to allow states to outlaw contraception, same-sex marriage, protections for LGBTQ folks, and even interracial marriage. In other words, what they're doing, folks, is they realize it looks like Roe v. Wade is toast, so what we've got to do is we've got to scare the bejesus out of everybody out there claiming that this could also change everything in your lives just because those evil Republicans and those horrible conservatives that sit on the bench, the Supreme Court, they're the ones that are snatching all of this stuff away from us. Truth couldn't be further from any of that. So having made their intentions known ahead of time, being met with no resistance from law enforcement agencies, those activists picketed outside Alito's residence and said because it's been impossible to reach him at the Supreme Court, we're going to do it at his house. And they, they had all kind of chance. F. Alito and abort the court. The assembly demonstrated a total disregard for the rule of law. They committed a federal crime, by the way. You do know that. World, uh, nationwide, it is a violation of federal law to picket a judge with the purpose, the express purpose of trying to change the judges, any judge's mind. Former AG William Barr laid it out. There is a time and a place for protest, and the federal statute makes it clear. If you go to the house of a judge, the residence of a judge, to influence the judge in his decisions and demonstrate that's a violation of federal law. It's a federal crime. It's a state crime in the state of Virginia, at least he went on. That point was further corroborated by former White House Press Secretary Kaylee McEnany, who shared the specific code of Virginia law that describes the protest as a Class Three misdemeanor. So those are not valid forms of protest, Barr went on to say. They are obviously meant to intimidate. There is a parallel between January 6, which Republican leadership condemned the violence there, the forceful entry into the Capitol, and the fighting with police. But what was really bad about that was it was an attempt to intimidate the Senate and the vice president when they were carrying out their legislative duties. What's happening now, while not as much violence has been involved yet, it's no different. It's an attempt to interfere and to intimidate the officials who are carrying out their duties under the Constitution. That's what's going on. And, of course, where's Joe Biden been in all this? Where's Joe Biden in all of this? 
You noticed he stepped totally quiet. He didn't say a word about it through the weekend. He didn't even say anything about it last week. Jen Psaki, she basically made fun of it initially before they finally realized, "Uh uh-oh, we may have stepped in it. We got to come up and say, we can't support that. And they did kind of, but they've never come out against it. In fact, they benignly love it and are pushing it. Meanwhile, we have a midterm election coming up very soon. November. It'll be here before we know it. There's one thing about looking at something in the spring on the other side of summer, and it seems like, oh, that's a long way away. I'll never get here. But you do realize, most of us, we turn uh, the we turn the speedometer down a little bit when summer starts rolling around, and we we just we try to back out of a lot of the stuff that dominates our attentions during the rest of the year. Summer vacations, oh my gosh. Our family, ever since our kids were little, every summer we went to Destin. Redneck Riviera, that white, white, white bleached sand in the northwest panhandle of Florida. Crystal blue water, like almost like uh, in the Bahamas. And our kids just love it. My wife loves it. I love it. I don't, I'm not a big you know, sand beach, get out in the heat, all that kind But let me tell you what it does for me. We always, when we go, we either get a house on the water or we get a condo with a balcony looking over the beach. We never stay away from the beach. There's just something about it. It's soothing. It's relaxing. And typically we'll go from Saturday to Saturday. Our family, they know the first three days, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. You can forget about dad. I'm going to be upstairs on the balcony, ceiling fan going above me, watching and listening to the waves. And I sleep and I relax. It's just one of those things. So summer times just kind of melt away and they go quickly. I got to be honest with you. November, election day, is going to be here before you know it. And Democrats, oh my gosh, they are posturing themselves across the nation. Yesterday, guess what happened? The Arizona Supreme Court. Arizona Supreme Court got involved in a candidate's case in Arizona. The Arizona Supreme Court affirmed yesterday that conservatives have free speech too and cannot be punished on a trumped-up claim of insurrection absent a criminal conviction and due process. Now, what's that all about? Representative Paul Gosar, who's a Republican from Arizona, he was attacked by a group that because he verbally seemed to be in support of the actions that took place January 6, 2020, 2021 actually, that he was ineligible to run for office again. The lawsuit wanted to disqualify him based on Section 3 of the 14th Amendment of the Constitution. That was enacted after the Civil War. The action alleged that Gosar was ineligible for the November ballot because he violated the disqualification clause that's in the 14th Amendment, and he did that, they said, by participating in the January 6th incident, which the media dubbed an insurrection. The suit got tossed originally by the Maricopa County Superior Court Judge Christopher Corey in April. It was then appealed to the Arizona Supreme Court. Yesterday, Arizona Supreme Court Justice Robert Brutonell 
ruled against the emergency appeal based on procedural grounds. Justice Brutnell agreed with the lower court's ruling that said the plaintiffs improperly argued that private citizens can challenge a candidate's ballot qualification, which is not the proper proceeding to initiate a disqualification clause challenge. That right, the judge said, is left up to congressional authority. Qualifications of its own members appears to vest Congress with exclusive authority to determine whether to enforce the disqualification clause against its prospective members. However, the judge said, we need not decide these issues because we hold that Arizona statute uh, ARS 16-351B, which authorizes an elector to challenge a candidate for any reason relating to qualifications for the office sought, as prescribed by law, including age, residency, professional requirements, or failure to fully pay fines, is not the proper proceeding to initiate a disqualification clause challenge. By the terms, the statute's scope is limited to challenges based upon qualifications, as prescribed by law, does not include the disqualification clause. So Gosar's attorney, attorney said the lawsuit was brought with Orwellian irony, pointing out the group that brought the action is named Free Speech for People. The lawsuit sought to disqualify the representative based on limiting free speech. Gosar is known as a freedom fighter and one of the most MAGA members of Congress. He was first elected back in 2010. He's the former chairman of the Freedom Caucus and possesses a 100% rating with the National Right to Life Committee, among other conservative organizations. In 2017, House Democrats voted to remove him from committees due to an animated cartoon that his office posted. So what we're watching play out on a national scale around the country, and this is happening in all 50 states, Democrat groups funded in large part by people like George Soros. Yeah, the Great Society. That's his uh, principal not-for-profit. And they're out there doing everything they possibly can to stop Republicans from taking over a massive majority in the House of Representatives, which most people think is going to happen. You heard Mike Johnson here on Friday. I asked him what he thought the majority was going to look like, and he said we could see a 60-vote swing from where we are now with a five-seat deficit to the Democrat majority in the House, we could have a 60-point, 60-seat advantage in January of 2023 when the new Congress is seated. Still a lot of water under the bridge. We got to go. We got to push. We got to figure it out and make it happen. But what is happening? Why would something like I just illustrated as a possibility, maybe not even a possibility, but a probability, how could that happen? It's because Americans have awakened. They've heard, they've listened, and what their promises remember, what they remembered those promises said was going to happen in a Joe Biden administration. Not a single one of them is happening, with the exception of what he said he was going to do. He was going to shut down the fossil fuel industry. 
He pretty much on his own has done that. Meanwhile, you're paying more for a gallon of gas today than you ever have in the United States of America. Thank you, Uncle Joe. Ten to the ten to the ten to the ten. Ten to the ten to the ten to the ten to ten. Planet Fitness, through the use of motivating montage music, has made it easy to join. Just remember ten ten ten. For 10 days, sign up for $10 and pay just 10 bucks a month after that. Hurry, you only have until November 10th to take advantage of this Planet Fitness offer. Planet Fitness on 42nd Street next to Shopco. We may not be able to lower the cost of gas, but we can do something about how many miles you will drive per gallon. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store today and let us help you increase the performance of your car or truck. Simple things like replacing your air filter, changing worn-out spark plugs, and using fuel injector cleaner can add up to better fuel economy and big savings. There's an O'Reilly Auto Parts store close to you that has the name brands, low prices, and people who can help. Restore lost fuel economy and eliminate rough idle with Lucas Fuel Injector Cleaner. Right now at O'Reilly Auto Parts by two and get one free. Lucas Fuel Injector Cleaner quickly cleans clogged injectors to increase fuel efficiency and help your vehicle run smooth. Lucas Fuel Injector Cleaner, buy two, get one free at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details. I'm Papa John, pizza maker. The quality of every ingredient is important to me. Like the sweet, juicy pineapple and pulled ham hock that refreshes a pizza classic. Introducing our new Premium Hawaiian, another Papa John's original. Like all our pizzas, it comes with Papa's quality guarantee. Try something new with a third off your order. Better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's. Married to the truth, divorced from the lies, fighting for the future. TNN, the Truth News Network, truthnewsnet.org. And again, Dan Newman. Fighting for the future. That's what we're doing together here. Hey, listen, thank you for being here live. And for those of you that can't get here live every day for two hours, we get that. We want to make sure you have access to get our shows very easily. So here's what you do. If you miss all of a show or part of a show, you want to go back and grab it. You can go to pretty much any one of the places where you get your podcast. We're there. TNN Live is there. Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcast, iHeart Podcast, TuneIn Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, and now even on Donald Trump's brand new Truth Social. Right after our show is over, they are uploaded to these podcast sites. You can go grab it at any time. And of course, also, you can go to any particular day's front page story at truthnewsnet.org. You scroll down at the bottom, and there's a link to the podcast there. It goes up, in all these cases, within minutes after the show is over live at 11 a.m. Central, Monday through Friday. We mentioned former President Trump. As you know, he is on the campaign trail, and he is out there He's a kingmaker, like very few others we have ever seen. What is a kingmaker in politics? That's somebody who carries a big stick when it comes to endorsements of other people running for different offices. 
And of course, we're we're in the primaries now. And he's out there very aggressively endorsing people for local and state offices and for uh, in the primaries for general elections for seats in Congress. Here's kind of a synopsis of former President Trump's weekend of endorsements. We nominated an amazing group of mega patriots to fight for us in November, including the future U.S. Senator. You know who that is? J.D. Vance. Where the hell is J.D.? Where's J.D.? What a guy. He, boy, he's riding high right now. J.D., we love us. You are riding high. Every single candidate that I endorsed won their primaries on Tuesday. They went 22-0, and and in Texas, a couple of weeks before, we won 33-0. and So we have a total record of 55-0. and 55-0 and in endorsements so far in this election season. 55-0. and Not a single candidate that he backed has lost in a primary bid. Now, the big one hanging out there that is looking a little uh, uh, iffy at this point is in Pennsylvania, the Senate race there. Donald Trump came out supporting very heavily, endorsing very heavily Mehmet Oz, Dr. Oz. And he's come under fire for a lot of different reasons. Um, He is of Turkish descent, is Dr. Oz. And it was reported and put out there, and he's being blasted for the fact that he has maintained dual citizenship, both here in the U.S. and his Turkish citizenship. There are a lot of people. I know people. I have a good friend that's probably listening to this show, lives in California. He has British citizenship as well as being a native-born American. How did he get the British citizenship? He was married to a Brit. And when you do that in Britain, the UK, you automatically are eligible to file for dual citizenship. And there are some great benefits that go along with that. But Mehmet Oz, he is under fire. And there's a lot of speculation that he won't make it when it comes to the end of the show. I got to be honest with you. I don't think President Trump planned on running the table on who he endorsed in these primaries running up to the general election in November. But I would think at this point, being 55 and 0, and he's had some endorsements that some people looked at and said, uh, that may be a costly one. But what's happening is there's a groundswell once again among the populace, among the people. Go figure. It's not the heavy dollars and cents in campaign contributions so much as it is having someone out there that is talking, not politically, but factually, to the American people about the things that are important to the American people. Go figure. It's not just about government, folks. Now, there are 535 people in Congress, many of them, most of them think that it is about them. And you have an entire bevy of bureaucrats most of them non-elected in D.C., and they think it's all about them. It's not. It is not. There is an entire generation of Americans that have swallowed the pill that says the government is now controlled by, organized by, structured by, and for the government. 
and there's a generation that have lost this, this constitutional guarantee. The government in the United States is government of the people, government by the people, and government for the people. It's not government of, by, and for government. And there are people that have been in politics for their entire lives or most of their adult lives that they actually believe that government is supposed to be about, of, and for the government. It's not. They work for us. We don't work for them. Now, when doing research for today's show, I came across something that really surprised me, and I thought that you should probably know about it. Guess what has happened in this administration? The Biden administration has made a record tax haul so far this year. Think about that. I mean, we hear the economy sucks. Well, (laughs) it's not because we don't have any money coming in there. A big tax haul for the Biden administration, partly on the strength of the meme stock mania and also surging corporate profits. That prompted the Treasury Department to scale back its debt sales. In other words, they stopped selling bonds. Treasury Department data through May 6 show that tax collections since the start of this fiscal year that began in October last year are at record highs of $2.73 trillion. By comparison, in fiscal year 2021, in the year-to-date as of May 6, 2021, tax collections were at $2.1 trillion. So they're up $600 billion plus. In fiscal year 2020, in the year-to-date as of May 6, 2020, tax collections ran at $1.82 trillion. Now, where's all this tax coming from? It's coming from record high corporate profits and taxes that are collected on high corporate profits. That was a significant source of this windfall. It went up from $107 billion last year, then to $196 billion year-to-date, 2021 year-to-date, and now $237 billion so far in fiscal year 2022 year-to-date. It's interesting to know, but it's also interesting to know that it doesn't matter what comes in the front door. Joe Biden has spent far more than that. How did he spend it if we didn't have it? They borrow the money. It's simple. You got a credit card. You're a government. You can spend money on anything you want. Nobody's going to question you. You're going to pay it back. Yeah. This is the United States of America. We never have defaulted on our debt. We never will. So let's just go borrow some more. And that's exactly what they've been doing. Have you heard any of the latest update on the uproar about our military active duty personnel that this commander-in-chief demanded they all had to receive COVID-19 vaccinations or they were going to be booted? Well, the number of Navy personnel that have been discharged for refusing to get vaccinated, that number is up to 884. In total, there have been 796 active component sailors, 66 reserve component sailors that have been separated, all with an honorable characterization of service. 
a total of 22 entry-level separations have taken place. Those are given to individuals who, since the vaccine mandate began, have left the Navy prior to having completed six months of active military service. The Navy mandated that active-duty sailors got to be fully vaxxed for COVID-19 by November 28th last year. Reserve troops had until December 28th, just a few days after Christmas. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin initially imposed the COVID-19 vax mandate back in August a year ago, stating that being vaccinated would enable our service members to stay healthy, to better protect their families, and to ensure that our force is ready to operate anywhere in the world. In light of what you heard, the opening story of this show today, (laughs) I promise you, just because they were vaccinated doesn't mean they're ready to go. There are a lot of people that are having horrible reactions that have been vaxxed, even in our military. The Navy began discharging sailors in January of this year. As so far, they haven't eased up on the mandate. Despite the shots being less effective in protecting against the Omicron variant, number of soldiers had submitted exemption requests from the mandate on religious or medical grounds. Sailors who submitted those accommodation requests may no longer be separated for vaccine refusal. Vaccine refusers who have not submitted religious accommodation requests, they remain subject to adverse administrative action, including being kicked out. It's really difficult to find the uh, the ins and outs of everything that's going on there because, I mean, you know, somebody puts out a vaccine mandate, somebody tested in court, court judge comes up and says that you can't do that to these people. You can't force them to get vaccinated. And so then that judge's rendering in that case is appealed, and it just goes on and on through the local courts, the feder- the state courts, Then it gets into the federal courts, and eventually they end up, in many cases, at the Supreme Court. So I want you just for a second, I want you to look back at the uproar that you have watched in your life, that you have experienced firsthand, all the way back to that late January, early February, back in 2020. You remember that? That's when we first heard about COVID-19. Everything that happened to you since then, look at your life, look at your job, look at your children's schooling, look at your personal free time, look at the expense of everything where it is today. One would think, and we were told over and over and over again, Dr. Anthony Fauci said it, I mean, not every day, but every week or so he would comment that we may never be able to do away with COVID-19. This may change our lives forever. We may be in perpetual COVID panic. Well, guess what popped out yesterday? You're going to love this. Several top FDA officials, including Commissioner Robert Khalif, admitted that Americans are now going to have to accept COVID-19 as another respiratory virus like the flu. Calif, Principal Deputy Commissioner Janet Woodcock, and top vaccine official Dr. Peter Marks wrote for the Journal of the American Medical Association 
that COVID-19 will be around for the foreseeable future, and they suggested it will require yearly vaccines targeting the most threatening variations of the virus. Widespread vaccine and infection-induced immunity combined with the availability of effective therapeutics could blunt the effects of these future outbreaks. This is what they said in their rendering. Nonetheless, it's time to accept that the presence of SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19, is our new normal. The virus will likely circulate globally for the foreseeable future, taking its place alongside other common respiratory viruses such as influenza. And it likely will require similar annual consideration for vaccine composition updates in consultation with the FDA. It's a departure from the rhetoric that was expressed by public health officials in 2020 and 2021. In late 2020, for example, current White House COVID-19 advisor, the COVID God, Dr. Anthony Fauci, he said that President Trump's comparisons to the flu were false telling NBC at the time, it's not correct to say it's the same as the flu, which is exactly what they are saying today. And then about a year later, Fauci told CBS News that Americans will likely have to deal with COVID-19 in a similar manner as influenza. That's entirely conceivable and likely, as a matter of fact, We are not going to be in a situation of this degree of intense indefinitely, he said when he was asked about the Omicron variant. Data published by the CDC shows that while cases have trended slightly upward here in the U.S., the numbers are just a fraction of the cases that were reported in mid-January when the seven-day average stood about 800,000 cases a day. As of May 6th, the seven-day average was about 68,000 a day. You put that in the context of what we've been through. They kept us scared to death for months and months and months. And they used our fear of the unknown. They would never give us all the facts. They never gave us all the facts. They still haven't given us all the facts. Don't believe something that someone in the federal government tells you just because there's somebody in the federal government. They're each and every one human beings, which means they are susceptible to make errors. They are, just like you and I, we are prone to look at others who we have been told are experts and just believe what they tell us based on that one thing. Not that they are experts, but just because we've been told they are experts. We're going to keep our eyes on everything to do with COVID-19, with the vaccinations. Do this, folks. Anytime you get any outside information that you question, for any reason or reasons, and you want to get an answer, drop us an email. Ask a question. There's never a stupid question. What's stupid is a lot of time when you have a question and you don't ask it to get an answer. Sometimes when you send us these emails, 
And by the way, the address is dan at truthnewsnet.org. That's dan at truthnewsnet.org. A lot of times when we get them, our answer will be, we don't have an answer. We don't know either. We're not going to manufacture something. We're not going to try to give you information just because you want information. If we don't have the facts, we're going to tell you they're not the facts. Another thing that you can always trust, when big important things are out there and we find something out and we yet haven't been able to absolutely verify its its authenticity, its truthfulness, sometimes we'll tell you about it. We'll write about it. We'll talk about it on this show. But we always give you this carve-out, this caveat, which says this is out there being considered. A lot of people are believing it's truth. We want you to know it is out there, but we want you to understand we're still investigating it. We've not yet been able to prove or disprove its validity. But what we're going to do is we're going to continue to do research, and if and when we get that answer, whether it's what we think now or or not, we're going to come back and say, look, here's what we found out on that matter we talked about last week, two weeks ago. Here are the facts. It isn't true, or it is true. And then we give you the materials with which we confirm those. You've always got a reason to sit here and at least be tied to us because we are a fact-finding information group of people. And we're always looking for facts on the important things, the things that are very important to you. And here's another one. Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Cullors, you've heard her here on this show before. She has now admitted that she used the group's multi-million dollar mansion in Los Angeles She used them for two personal parties last year. Admitting that just a month after saying she had never used the property for personal gain. She is a self-described trained Marxist. And on May 9th, she talked to the Associated Press. She said she hosted a small party at the mansion in January of 21 to celebrate the inauguration of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. She added about 15 people participated in the party, including members from the Los Angeles chapter of Black Lives Matter. At that time, she said she was seeking refugee at the mansion because there were threats against her life. The second party at the mansion was held in March of 2021, a private birthday celebration for her son. Now, according to the Associated Press, Black Lives Matter said it had billed Colors a rental fee for using the mansion for the birthday party for her son. Colors said she intended to make the payment. She intended to make the payment. That's one of those, the checks in the mail things, you know. I look back at that and think that probably wasn't the best idea, she said about her two parties. In April, she denied she'd ever lived in the mansion. And she had never taken advantage of the property for any personal reason. That came after New York Magazine revealed that the group bought the property. They paid a little bit uh, paltry sum, $5.8 million in October of 2020. It's a 6,500-square-foot estate. It was bought with money that had been donated to Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation 
And that happened just two weeks after Black Lives Matter received $66.5 million from its fiscal sponsor, which is the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation. Diane Pascal, the financial manager for consulting firm operated by Colors and her spouse, Janaya Khan, bought the mansion. Within a week after the purchase, Pascal transferred ownership of the property to a limited liability corporation in Delaware, a move that ensured that the ultimate identity of the property's new owner was not disclosed to the public. At the time, co-founder Patrice Cullors railed against the magazine story, saying it was a despicable abuse of a platform that's intended to provide information to the public and a racist and sexist attack on Black Lives Matter. The fact that a reputable publication would allow a reporter with a proven and very public bias against me and other black leaders to write a piece filled with misinformation, innuendo, and incendiary opinions is disheartening and it's unacceptable, she said. Colors also said the mansion was purchased with the intention of being used by the BLM movement community to work create content, host meetings, and foster creativity. She defended the purchase of the mansion in her interview with the Associated Press. We really wanted to make sure that the Global Network Foundation had an asset that wasn't just financial resources, she said. We understood that not many black-led organizations have property. They don't own their property. She resigned as the group's executive director, Colors did back in May of last year. And she did so in the middle of criticism over her personal wealth and the group's finances. Let me just cut to the chase. What's this all about? Well, Black Lives Matter, they scored big dollars. They scored really big dollars. They intimidated every major corporation on the planet. How did they intimidate them? They basically said, you need to support us. If you don't support us, You're a racist. They even went to businesses, gave the businesses signs, and threatened those businesses, if you don't publish these signs on your windows that say you support Black Lives Matter, we will picket your business and put you out of business. How much money did they raise? Almost half a billion dollars. Half a billion with the B. And we don't even know the real numbers. Who are the biggest givers? The biggest givers? 220 million of that came from one person. George Soros. George Soros. Hates law enforcement. Supports defunding cops. And supports Marxism. Patrice Cullors and Black Lives Matter. Back in a minute at TNN Live. We don't tell you what to think, but we give you truth to think about. This is TNN, the The Truth Truth News News Network. Network. Truthnewsnet.org. Few things bring as much joy as the delicious taste of Coca-Cola. Like your first time camping or falling in love on a blind date. And now, our new Coke bottles are sip-sized and made from 100% recycled materials. So every bottle can live on to create more memories. That's endlessly refreshing. 
Coca-Cola. Bottles are made from 100% recycled materials excluding cap and label. Enjoy the great taste of Coca-Cola in a new sip-sized bottle that's made of 100% recycled materials. Little Caesars Thin Crust Pizza is so loaded with cheese and pepperoni you can't even see the crust. And if you ever want to see it again, listen very carefully. Bring $6.49 in unmarked bills or marked bills or coins or just a credit or debit card to Little Caesars. Come alone and bring your friends or family. Bring everyone. Get a Little Caesars Large Thin Crust Pizza with extra cheese and the most pepperoni, all at the nation's best price of just $6.49. Pizza, pizza. Top four national pizza chains. Extra most bestest thin crust pepperoni pizza versus large round one topping thin crust pepperoni pizza. Everyday standard menu prices at participating locations plus tax. Those in the know like to stay in the realm of innovation. Join them. It's easy to keep up with the latest trends and own the latest tech with BMW Select as it offers you the option to drive a brand new BMW every three years. You also get to tailor your deal to suit your pocket and your lifestyle. Visit select.bmw.co.za for more. BMW Select. Dynamic finance for ultimate control. BMW Financial Services is an authorized FSP and registered credit provider. T's and C's apply. I couldn't resist this story. The Biden Pentagon, Joe Biden Pentagon, his military, they recently sent a note to retired Army Lieutenant General Mike Flynn, who's been on this show here before, and it informed General Flynn that it is going to recoup from him nearly $40,000. Now, the $40,000 they're going after is 40000 that he received for attending a dinner in Moscow way back in 2015, claiming that he didn't clear the speaking fee in advance and by not doing that, violated the Constitution's emoluments clause. But guess what? Documents from Russia Special Prosecutor Robert Mueller's investigation tell a far different story. The documents show that Flynn, in fact, did alert his former agency, the Defense Intelligence Agency, ahead of the dinner, got approval to use the trip to spy on Russia's leadership and specifically its military intelligence unit. The operation was blessed in advance by senior DIA officials that included Vincent Stewart, the Marine general who had succeeded Flynn as DIA chief. The former Trump administration national security advisor was even given tasking orders and a counterintelligence briefing before he departed Moscow in December of 2015. The first week of December that year, General Flynn asked if I was still in the European Center, told me he planned on traveling to Moscow to speak at an RT event and might meet the director of the GRU. That's former senior DIA executive David Beckert, He wrote that in a sworn declaration that was submitted during the Mueller probe, but has never been made public. In other words, the Biden folks, they hate anybody from the Trump administration. They desperately hated Lieutenant General Michael Flynn and just basically said, we're going after the guy. Oh, remember he spoke and he got that 40 grand? He didn't follow the proper procedures. Let's go get it back from him. That's exactly what that was about. Isn't it interesting, mainstream media? That's no big deal. Why? Because it exonerated a Trump supporter, a guy that served in the Trump administration. Well, speaking of some conundrums out there and about some shenanigans and wrongdoing, 
Did you hear about that Delaware federal attorney in relationship to the Hunter Biden case? We got a conflict of interest here. Here are the details. Welcome back. Republican Senators Ron Johnson and Chuck Grassley demanding to know if a senior Justice Department official with links to Hunter Biden has recused himself from the ongoing tax fraud investigation. Nicholas McQuay uh, formerly worked with Hunter's attorney at a multinational law firm. The senators are writing to the U.S. attorney, David Weiss, saying this. We specifically raised concerns about the fact that Mr. McQuaid worked with Hunter Biden's criminal attorney until he was hired by the Biden administration. This association creates a clear conflict of interest, yet the department has failed to provide adequate responses. Dig in yet another conflict of interest the administration is dealing with. Right, and as the senators point out, the silence that you get from Merrick Garland promotes uh, serious suspicions and questions about why wouldn't the attorney general just respond to this simple question if there is a conflict of interest here. And we might have to wait, but clearly if the Republicans retake the House and or the Senate, there are going to be a lot of questions that these individuals are pushed to answer. How do you see it, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, clearly uh, he didn't recuse himself in the situation. I mean, this is just one conflict of interest on how many other conflict of interest, whether it's taking a million dollars to be on a board uh, for a Ukrainian gas company or, you know, one of the firms that's associated with Hunter Biden receiving $3 million from a Russian billionaire. So, I mean, it's just like one after the other conflict of interest. This is clearly a problem. And to Degan's point, I mean, if we do get the Republicans to take over in Congress again, uh, this could be big problems down the line for the Democrats. Democrats are looking down the barrel of numerous shotguns that are pointed in their direction. If they lose the House and the Senate, I'm pretty sure they're going to lose majority control in the House. But if they lose both, look out. As Mike Johnson told us last Friday, Congressman Mike Johnson said, they've got plans already done. They are ready to hit the ground running when they win, they being the Republicans win back control of the House in November. Here's another big one that just kind of blows my mind. A White House reporter pointed White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki on Monday to a law that prohibits protest outside of private residence as protesters demonstrated outside the homes of the Supreme Court justices, the conservatives. Psaki previously said the White House supports the right to peacefully protest, when Fox News White House correspondent Peter Ducey asked whether the administration condemns the demonstrations being held outside the justices' homes with the intention of influencing their decision on Roe v. Wade. You suggested that peacefully protesting outside the homes of judges and justices is part of freedom of expression, part of what we do in the U.S. But there's a law in particular, that actually prohibits protest outside private residences, even when done peacefully, he said. I'm wondering if any sort of demonstrations outside of private homes might be run against that law and other laws like it. We're certainly not suggesting anyone break any laws, Saki said. I would note the president's view has long been, and I tweeted this earlier this morning and repeated and made a number of these comments last week as well, that violence, threats, and intimidation have no place in political discourse. 
Yes, we are a country that promotes democracy. We certainly allow for peaceful protest in a range of places in this country, but we would never promote violence. Never. We don't believe in that here in the Biden administration. Yeah, right. Anything goes when it fits your political purposes at that moment. Damn the truth. Who gives a rip about facts and all this, right? That's the way they live. That's the way they rule, folks. Thanks for being here today. We're going to see you tomorrow right back here at TNN Live. Have a great day. It's not the first time that I had the same.